Michael O'Donnell, thank you so much for coming on Thinking Bigger with Kevin Feely. Good to have you. Kevin, good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So where are you coming at us from? You're out in the woods. Tell, tell me about that. I'm coming at you from my cabin, which is above Payson in uh, northeastern Arizona. And uh, normally I'm right in the thick of things in the day-to-day -day grind, but uh, we got a three-day weekend before the big Thanksgiving holiday and enjoying a little bit of R&R uh, &R this weekend. I, I would like to say it's R&R, &R, but every time we come up with our cabin, I end up with an axe and a wheelbarrow fully employed. So, uh, but it's a different kind, different kind of work than normal. It's kind of nice to uh, get away. Yeah. And I think your brain needs that too. My, my parents live in uh, Southern Oregon and they have, you know, 11 acres and it's very similar to where you are. And when I come out there, my dad's always like, all right, I'm going to put you to work. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. So cool. So uh, Michael, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, first of all, uh, yeah, great to be here with you and be talking sales. That's, uh, that's what I've done. I've been uh, literally in sales since I was 12 years old. Uh, my mom had that job, you know, asking folks if they'd mind putting stuff out for the disabled American thrift store, uh, you know, put out their thrift store items. And uh, man, I just saw her doing it. I wanted to try it. It just sounded like something I could do. And she handed me the phone and I started dialing, uh, dialing for dollars at 12 years old, found out, you know, kind of had a knack for it. And when I got into uh, high school and had that first pizza job at you know, $2 and 35 cents an hour and got my first monthly paycheck of $78. I'm like, there has got to be a better way uh, to make some money. And I remembered that job that I had when I was 12 and, uh, and got into telemarketing. So that led to, uh, you know, selling tickets for the policeman's ball. And finally, I learned that if I were setting appointments for salesmen uh, that were doing home improvement for like aluminum siding and double pane windows, that I made a lot more money on the phone. And right. uh, that kind of strangely in, in college led to me finding a job where I was setting appointments for solar salesmen. That was in 1983. Uh, the job paid quite well. Uh, but I also wandered into the conference room one day and there was the owner of the company putting on a little training class. I was 19 years old, freshman in college. He was teaching guys how to sell. And uh, those guys knew how to do it. They were former aluminum siding salesmen. They knew how to get in the home, sell a big, large uh, ticket item to a homeowner. They knew there were going to be no B-backs and they were putting on that class. I listened to that class and decided, man, I think I can do that. <laughs> I think that's my gig and um, took a phone room appointment out of the phone room and uh, went out on that uh, appointment, grabbed one of those three ring binders off the conference room table and just did what I was trained to do. Showed uh, the customer the product, how it worked, built the urgency. And then uh, just like the guy putting on the training class said at the end of that, I was going to hear the customers say they loved it because it was a compelling presentation, uh, but they wanted to think about it for a few days. And that was pretty normal, pretty natural. Don't uh, don't lose heart. Uh, keep calm and then go through the close, close one, close two, close three. Uh, and sure enough, I, I walked through that procedure and the customer said, sounds good. And we were signing them up in a few more minutes. So I actually learned how to pitch, learned how to close, did that as a as a super young guy. Um, that was the first of three sales that I had that night, all of them doing exactly what I was trained to do, exactly how they uh, showed me how to do it. And uh, I remember getting a phone call from the guy who was putting on the training class. He was like, who are you? <laughs> I said, I'm that guy that looks like he's 15. I'm actually 19. I wandered in while you were putting on training uh, this uh, this afternoon. And uh, so I'm normally in the phone room. And he says, well, 
you're not in the phone room anymore. And that was uh, the beginning of direct sales for me. I was 19 years old and been in direct sales ever since. Amazing. Yeah, I love that you said uh, there are no B-backs. And I want to say, uh, so to, to anybody that doesn't have a sales background, the, the funniest thing that you can see is a new salesperson go out, talk with a prospect and say, they said they're going to call me back. And it, it just doesn't yeah, work right. like that, you know, and, and we know if we tell a salesperson that we're going to think about it and they let us off the hook, we're probably not going to go back to them. Right. I mean, maybe sometimes. Uh, but I, I think that that's one thing that you have to learn in sales, that it's not just like you're going out and taking orders. You actually have to navigate through a lot of psychology and it's super, super deep. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, they, they say the be back bus is on fire and it's rolling down hills backwards, right? Yeah, it's not good. The percentages are bad. What I find, uh, given the training that I have been given and now that I give that training out to guys in the solar industry, if you're in the house, you're in the pocket, you're at the kitchen table, you're at the place where families make decision, you've built the value, hopefully you've really created some urgency as well. I find that I have above 50% chance of, of closing that sale. My closing ratio is actually above 80%. If I leave that house and I'm all completely sold that there's going to be another meeting someday, uh, my closing ratio of, of having that customer become a customer drops into single digits. Right. And so it's, it's really something that is on me to understand. I've been asked to come to that customer's kitchen table where they make decisions to help them with something, to be of service. And the service is actually helping them get the benefits of my products. If when the iron cools, they don't buy, they don't get the benefits of my product. I've actually let them down. I'm no longer being of service um, to that customer. And, you know, a lot of my clients are, are roofing clients, you know, and they are roofing clients moving into solar. And what they find is what, you know, they'll go out and meet with someone who needs a roof. Um, usually that customer is getting two or three quotes. They call one of them back. Well, why is that? Because they absolutely have to have a roof. You know what they don't have to have? They don't have to have a solar system, right? <laughs> uh, they already have electricity. They're already, already able to afford it. And so that, that callback just doesn't happen. And then you calling them back, all of a sudden they're nice the first time or two. Uh, then they're texting you back. Then they're ghosting you. And the whole thing is over. And uh, you're going, you know what? That customer is not going to get the benefits of this service. And I've let them down because I wasn't able to get my job done. Years from now, they're going to look back and go, you know, we were shaking our head going, man, we were going to be like $100,000 richer because we owned our own power plant. We were going to take advantage of all this free energy. We were going to get disconnected from this financial connection of being tied to the grid. We were saying yes to that. We were nodding our heads. What happened? How come we didn't end up with solar? They're going to look back and think, you know, I wish that guy was a better salesman and would have closed the sale. Yeah. And I think that, um, again, like people don't like change and they also don't like making decisions that require commitment. And no matter what the benefit is, that that safety part of your brain, whatever that thing is that keeps you alive, the same thing that makes a stick in the woods yeah. look like a snake, you know, that stops people from making decisions. And um, yeah. that's why sales is not only a high paying job, but I, I believe it's an art and you might as well have a psychology mm -hmm. major if you're in sales. Yeah. So Michael, tell me. Well, a little Kevin, bit. and I find that people do real, real quickly. I find that people do like making decisions. Uh, in fact, when uh, they finally say, you know what, that does make sense. It makes a lot of sense not to procrastinate uh, doing it with the plan that you've presented makes sense. And we're signing the people in the room who are happy is the customer. 
<laughs> they're the ones that are excited. They're the ones that are fired up. They have made the decision. What a relief to have made a decision and now have all the benefits of ownership and having this product and the safety, the security, all this financial uh, benefit. They're the, now all of that's coming to them. They are the ones that are happy. Um, and I tell you what, when if you're in that room and they're trying to sell you that they need a couple of days and they're trying to, you know, have you buy that objection, all that's going on. And that's not when that meeting ends, no one's happy. Believe me, that's a that's an awkward walk to the uh, to the front door. Um, no one is really excited about the fact that what now the customer's taken on some big due diligence project. They're going to devote the rest of their next uh, week or so to figuring out how the solar game works. Uh, when in yeah. fact, if you could have transferred the confidence and the conviction that you have, because you are an expert to them, they got it. They understood it. Now they don't need to disrupt their life to come be an expert at what you do. They understand that you are an expert, that you do you know, know exactly how this is going to work for them. All they have to do is comprehend it, see if it fits. Now they're moving forward. The person in the room who's happy is the customer. They're all chirpy and they're glad we're having a little signing partner. Now they're getting the benefits of this thing. They are happy. It's when it's when you're by that objection and don't do your job that everyone, it's just kind of this tense, oh, what? Now you're going to have a second job at figuring this out. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Now, I really love something that you said where you said sales changed your life and it changed my life. Uh, I cannot imagine my life if I had never gone into sales. Before sales, I had worked in restaurants. I had worked, you know, at McDonald's when I was 18, 17, 18. And, um, you know, my perspective on money and, and work was you have to be college educated to even have a shot. And you, you know, are, are going to have to spend 40 years to get to 80,000 or a hundred thousand a year. And I just remember thinking, just like you said, there's gotta be a better way. And my first sales job was at a kiosk in a mall and I was selling cell phone cases. <laughs> I didn't make a lot of money. I think I made like maybe four grand a month, you know, at the peak. I thought that was amazing, but um, I learned skills that translated to every avenue of my life, whether it was mm -hmm. talking mm -hmm. to girls, talking to police, getting mm -hmm. out of a ticket or something, just learning <laughs> how human beings operate and make decisions and also being empathetic and seeing it not from your point of view, but from theirs. Um, I, I'm wondering if you have any questions or I'm sorry, any statements to people that are in that spot where they know, man, I know there's more out there, but how do I get started? What would you say to them? Well, and I, I encounter that every day. So, you know, I own a, a solar company in Phoenix, Arizona. On a regular basis, I'm sitting down with 20 people at a time who really are thinking that a career in sales, they know a career in sales is going to make them much more money than what they're doing. Now they're at a, they're at a barista, they're in a call center doing, you know, uh, customer services, any number of things that they're doing. And they, they see the income. And in solar, it's really bizarre, Kevin. So I know there's a lot of I've been in sales for a long time and I've been able to make a hundred, 200, sometimes $300,000 a year. Never have I seen anything like what I've encountered in the, in the solar sales business. Someone who's on track has skills and is working diligently like minimum wage for that guy is a half a million dollars a year. Yeah. You know, three quarters or uh, I was, you know, 20, 30% of the people that work for me are making over a half million dollars a year. Handful of them are making over a million dollars a year. I've been making over a million dollars a year for the last five or six years in a row, just as a solar salesman. 
And yep. so people see that, they think about it, they want to do it. But unfortunately, when I tell them how we go about our job, the way to be in front of that many customers, there's no way to do it through marketing. The way to do it is by cold call prospecting. And in our industry, that literally looks like knocking on doors. We go into the neighborhoods where we have customers, we knock on their doors and we say, hey, would you look at a free solar quote? Would you look at a, another way to get your energy? Hey, we'll even buy you dinner for just having us over. Let us show you this thing. I lose about half of the people. If I've got 30 people in a room that have come to hear about an opportunity, when they hear it entails knocking on doors, 30 of them, you know, half of that 30 are gone immediately. So the idea of cold call prospecting literally uh, is, is something that's devastating to the psychology to most people. Uh, and the thought of doing it is enough to have them preclude the opportunity. Now the other half decide they're going to willing to give it a shot. Um, most people are just not able to get themselves to do the actual work. And so when you realize that sales is not about just talking somebody into something like talking yourself out of a ticket, uh, part of it is doing the work, like, you know, showing up every day diligently, knocking on doors saying, hey, would you give my company a shot to show you a proposal? And, and most people are not able to overcome the resistance. And uh, a lot of times I'll tell people, you know, when they're thinking about it, it's, yeah, what, 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 this sounds too good to be true. How can I possibly work a normal amount of hours and make this much money? I said, well, you know, it's real similar to going to a dance and asking 30 people to dance and 28 of them say you're ugly. That's a, that's a devastating amount of rejection. Now, did anyone actually say you're ugly? No, probably most of them said, no, thank you. I don't feel like dancing. Who knows? But what you heard and what you felt emotionally, psychologically is no, you're ugly, or at least that's what you think might happen. And so you don't actually go and ask that uh, person to dance because you're contemplating what if they say, no, you're ugly. And that's what's happening with cold call prospecting is people don't want to knock on a door, get it slammed in their face, be told they're ugly. Hey, you're bothering me. Hey, get off my lawn. And so they're not doing the one thing that causes all the money to happen. And so that's, you know, that's the thing that I would say to people. You'd have to understand that uh, that is devastating uh, psychologically to think about doing it. In reality, it's not devastating. When you're out just doing that action, talking to people, having conversations, you know, it's really just a walk in the park and doing something that I enjoy doing, which is talking to other people. But that's very difficult for people to get up and over. And once they try it, it's very hard to maintain that momentum. And that's because of that psychological resistance to the word no. Yeah. They say momentum is very hard to build, but very easy to lose. And especially in sales, um, you know, once you get rolling, things are great, but that comfort zone hits and a lot of people slow down and it's hard to get that momentum back. I, I really like what you said about it's the work that they have to do because it's not the work, meaning you physically have to go out. It's not just the physical side because that alone is mentally and physically exhausting, but it's the, the objections. It's all of the no's and the, you know, you have to have this perspective of every no is one step closer to a yes. And when People are going door to door, especially if they haven't seen the outcome, right? If they haven't seen that first check, uh, that first check should have you sold on sales forever. Because once you realize, oh, okay, I just made a, a $4,500 check in a week, right? In my first yep. week, yep. you know, uh, that mm -hmm. makes it a lot more uh, convincing to stick around. But I think it's getting to that point where people need to think bigger, right? Um, yep. Well, and my book is titled No Matter what right so it's figuring out the things that are going to cause the income to happen 
and having a plan to make that happen every single day, no matter what little asterisk on the book says, even if your ass falls off, right? So, <laughs> oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. So it's five o'clock and you have, uh, you've, you've not gotten an appointment yet. You've been knocking doors for five hours. Oh, uh, no, my daughter had to go to ballet. And then my wife wanted me to take the dog to the groomer. You know, when people are in sales, especially if you're 1099, you're the CEO of your own enterprise. And, yep. you know, while that's exciting, and for many people, some people, I would say a minority of the people, that causes them to work harder because they are getting all of the, you know, the benefit of their hard work. Uh, a lot of people, when they're in charge of their own schedule, all of a sudden they got to take the dog to the groomer and pick up the daughter from the ballet. And those it's like, you know, really what your daughter needs is for you to pay for college, you know, and maybe right. a vacation this summer and to keep the lights on and, and all those sorts of things. So uh, the idea that, you know, you're in charge of your own schedule for me, uh, Kevin, I have the opposite happen when, when guys put a lot of hard work into their first 30, 60 days and they're getting checks for, you know, 5,000, $10,000, $20,000 a week, they get a few dollars ahead and all of a sudden they don't have to work anymore. And so they're, they're literally pulling back and thinking, well, you know, I have enough money in the bank to pay my bills for the next three months. All of a sudden their urgency to go out and, uh, you know, have another big week is gone. And so you've got to find other ways to motivate yourself other than the primary way everyone motivates themselves is they got to pay the bills, right? The, you know, the, the, the primary objective of everyone, you know, and of which almost everyone, you know, is being successful is to not get evicted, right? Not right. have their credit cards turned off, not yeah. have to pull their kids out of school because they don't live in that neighborhood anymore because they lost that house. Uh, right. And so that's what keeps them chained to the you know, that's what keeps them, you know, handcuffed to the uh, steering wheel and, and, and going to that cubicle that they hate because they have to pay those bills. When you're in sales and all of a sudden you figure this happened to me when I figured out how to make a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year in sales. I had the reverse. Uh, it wasn't that I wasn't in sales. I was in sales. I had figured out how to make that kind of money. Uh, and then, you know, I quit really having the thought that I was trying to double or triple that I found, you know, not my uh, ceiling, you know, I, I was working to a ceiling when I realized if I'd have made that hundred or $200,000, my floor and use that as a, as a way to go upward, I would have had an entirely different experience. And that's what I was able to find in the solar world. Uh, I had this breakthrough where I realized that I was the one like Napoleon Hill says, you're the one who sets the wage. And if I'm going to work for between a hundred and $200,000 a year, which I did for 25 years, then I found this way up and over that. And I said, why am I not trying to work for a multiple of that? And that was part of the breakthrough. When I realized that if I decided, no, I'm going to be working for a seven figure income, going to work every day pretty much takes up all your time. Why aren't you going to work all the day and figuring out how to make that efficient enough so that you can get to a high six figure income or a seven figure income instead of you know, being okay with making 100, 150 grand, which you can do easily in sales. But what's the mindset to take that from, okay, I'm doing okay in sales to, you know, I'm going to make enough money in the next few years to be financially free for the rest of my life. Love it. Yeah. And I think that when you start to enter a new territory, especially for me, I didn't grow up around money. My parents are very lower middle-class uh, blue collar. You know, most of my family is like, you know, okay, you go work for the airport and you work there until you die. You know, that's, that's basically it. My right? dad so, was a policeman. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that when you're a first generation 
earner in that sense, and you start to earn a high salary, it's an unknown. So that is almost more uncomfortable than being not able to pay your bills. Because when you're not able to pay your bills and you're just barely getting by, there's this dopamine rush and people get addicted to the stress of not being able to pay their bills. So when all of a sudden you start making extra money and this happened to me and you enter yep. that comfort zone, your subconscious mind will bring you right back down to where you, where you thought you were. You'll, you'll blow money on stuff. You'll all of a sudden realize that, man, I'm making all this money, but I'm in the same spot. I, I still pay my car payment last. I still, you know, so there's still a mental gain that happens when you overcome that, that is when life starts. I, I am a firm believer that life starts when you start to understand money and you're making $20,000 a month or more because it starts to give you options, right? Now the bills are paid. And if you've, if you've overcome that internal thing that wants you to dial back, that wants you to blow the money, if you can figure out how to just get rid of that money or not get rid of it, but get it out of your spendable account and into some investments or somewhere where you're not touching the money, your life will start to yep. change more than you would imagine. Did you feel the same way when you started making that kind of money? Yeah, you, you nailed it right on the head, the subconscious and what the, the mind, uh, you know, you know, is attracted towards is what you're familiar with. And what I was familiar with, same type of upbringing, you do blue collar. My dad was a policeman. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. We had just enough money to pay the bills, right? Everyone is successful at having just enough money uh, to pay the bills. And I found myself falling into that same uh, exact pattern. And I was in sales for 25 years in that pattern while making a six-figure income. So like you said, I don't know, blowing the money really wasn't it, but I just, you know, had the lifestyle of someone who needed a hundred to $200,000 a year, or I was in big trouble which is what sales managers want for their salespeople. They want you to have a nice house, nice car, have a boat with a boat payment and a boat slip payment. Uh, and you know, you need 150 grand a year just to cut the nut, right? So you make 200, pay 50 in taxes, spend the rest. Maybe you peel off two, 3% into a 401k, something along those lines. Where I ended up after 25 years was $40,000 in debt. I made enough money to carry $40,000 in credit card debt that I didn't even know I had. Yeah, you know, my, like we're sitting there doing inventory. I'm like, what's this $8,000 cold uh, water creek thing? It's like, oh, that's the department store that, you know, my daughter uh, and my wife buy their clothes out. I don't know that I owe them $8,000. I have enough money. So that's not a big problem. But at the same time, I haven't arrived anywhere. You know, I got maybe a couple hundred grand in a 401k that I've peeled off during the years. But what I noticed is my real wealth, the money that was in that 401k or other investments that I made, they'd all come from years where, like you said, I had over $20,000 a month in income. Uh, so where I had, you know, my years where I had breakout years of two, 300,000, I had one year that was 400,000. All of my net worth came from those years because I was able to get my hands on money that I could do stuff with instead of just paying the bills. When I got into solar, I had to prove to myself that I could live without corporate America's golden handcuffs. I could live without the salary of those big companies. And so I was working my butt off and selling and selling. And I, you know, I'm selling 200, 300 kilowatts in a month and I'm, I'm earning a hundred, $200,000 in a month. And I'm like, Holy cow, all of a sudden, I don't know what to do with the money. I pay off the 40,000 in debt. I pay off my mortgage. We go buy another house with cash and then pay off the, you know, the other one's paid off. Now I got a, a house with uh, you know, a renter and no mortgage and the house I live in doesn't have orders. All of a sudden I don't really need any money. 
And you know what? I found my effort being calibrated to my needs. And all of a sudden, instead of selling 100, 200, 300 kilowatts a month, I'm selling 40 to 60 kilowatts a month. And in the solar world, you know, that, you know, that's like maybe having four or five sales a month instead of having 20 sales right. uh, in a month. And why is that? And it's because the fire that was burning my butt to pay my bills wasn't there anymore. And all of a sudden there was no fire. And what I had to do was to find different things to motivate me. And what motivated me was achieving at a higher level, being at the top of the leaderboard, achieving the top of the leaderboard for the whole industry, uh, and then finding ways to do that. And then how do I repeat that? How do I have that become something that now, now a, a mid uh, six figure or seven figure income, that's not the goal. That's the floor that I'm standing on. I had a unique set of circumstances that pushed me to perform to that level. I got a lot of recognition. I made a lot of money. I had a seven figure income that year. And I'm like, okay, how do I repeat that? How do I make that happen again? And the answer is you got to do the things that nobody wants to do. Everybody's trying to get promoted out of cold call prospecting. And it turns out that's where all the money is. And so I had to find a way to get myself motivated to do those things. One of the big breakthroughs for me was taking that stupid book that had been on my shelf for 25 years off the shelf, read two pages a day, creating a mini habit out of reading Think and Grow Rich, and then changing and doing a complete reset on my programming of my brain from thinking, A, I'm working to pay my bills instead of, no, I'm working to create generational wealth. I'm working so that I don't have to keep working forever. If I can create enough income in the next five, 10 years that I don't have to work again for the rest of my life, why am I not doing that? Why am I instead calibrating my efforts so that I have to work and have to generate this type of an income for the rest of my life? And that really was the breakthrough for me, uh, realizing that I was utilizing this time to work for generational wealth, working for financial security, financial independence, and, and, and realizing I wanted to re, you know, reoccur that the event where all of a sudden I'm on the top of the industry leaderboard, not just my company, and that I've got an income that's going to secure my future. And how do I do that again and again and again? Incredible. Now, if somebody is interested hearing this, listening, going, I like this guy, I like what he has to say. I want to go work for this guy. How do people get in touch with you? And uh, if you're already in yeah. sales and interested, I know you also do sales training, but how do people get in touch with you? And, yep. and you know. Yeah, so I wrote a book called No Matter What. That's available on Amazon. You can get also get that book off of my website where I uh, offer the training and the coaching. That is called modsalesacademy.com, modsalesacademy.com. You can get the book, you can get the training, you can get in touch with me. I happen to be the owner of a, a large solar company in Arizona and Nevada. That's called uh, Sun Solar Solutions. And you can reach me there at sunsolarsolutions.com. So there's a variety of ways, depending on what you're interested in doing. Uh, but I also, I do a call every single solitary morning. What I found out is that momentum, like you said, is so easy to lose. And, and so that momentum has to get restarted for me every single solitary day. And so every single solitary day, I do that no matter what call. I'm on that call. Sometimes I think it's just a vast conspiracy to have, you know, uh, all these people join me every morning at 8 a.m. to make sure that I'm the one who's being shot out of a cannon every day at 8 o'clock in the morning. So right. by 8.30, I'm like eating, you know, raw meat and 
I'm in that Rocky uh, breakfast, you know, where I'm like going to down yeah, you know, you a dozen eggs. raw eggs or something. That's, ah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you know, Stephen guys in his new book, which is called uh, The Power of Momentum, The Magic of Momentum. His first book was called Many Habits. How do you get yourself to do the things that cause the needle to move and get yourself to do them every single solitary day? You've got to turn them into a habit. You'll hear about this all the time. Sales is about the numbers. How do you get the numbers? You have good habits. Ogbandino in The Greatest Salesman of the World called it, you know, he said, create good habits and become their slave. You know, that's a powerful word, become their slave. How do you do the things every day, like knocking on doors that create it? I'm not talking about a brush your teeth habit. I'm talking about this kind of habit. How do you become unbelievably addicted? Like you're going to be jonesing to get on a door and get a couple of no's today. And I say no's, not a yes, right? You're going to a door to get a yes, then going to a door and having it not turn into a sale or an appointment is, is a failure. No, <laughs> getting to the door and getting a no is a rock star failure. You've got to turn the no into the win. Turn that upside down and just be jonesing to get to a door and have somebody say, no, thank you. You're like, dude, boom, thank you for coming to the door. Uh, six or seven or more of these no's and I'm going to have to take the time to write somebody up for a sale, which kind of slows me down. Yeah. Right. The win is the no. How do I get addicted to going out, finding one more customer saying, Hey, I really need a no. There's no chance you'd want my product is there. <laughs> and that sounds absurd, but you know, for me, every six times, every seven times that I do that, one of them says yes. Right. So, you know, really the difference between, uh, making the roster in the major leagues and making the Hall of Fame. Number one, if you're striking out eight out of 10 times, you're not going to make the roster in the major leagues. If you only strike out seven out of 10 times, boom, you're batting 300. You made the roster in major league baseball. But if you can consistently only strike out six times out of 10, you're going to be batting 400. You do that consistently, you'll make uh, literally make the uh, – what am I thinking of? Not the all-stars. You'll literally make the, uh, the hall of fame in the major league baseball. That's the difference between making the roster and hall of fame or not making the roster at all. It's how many times are you getting no out of 10? Not, Oh, a lot of people are telling me, no, Oh, this neighborhood saturated. Oh, nobody's saying yes. Oh, the economy's bad. Dude, it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's six people out of 10, seven people out of 10 or eight people out of 10 say no. Most of them are saying no. It's the skill level that's going to bring you to six out of 10 instead of eight out of 10. Eight out of 10 is you're fired. Six out of 10 is you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, and let's say that your close ratio is one out of 10, right? Which, which is not great, but just for easy math, if you're, if you're making $2,000 on each sale, that means that every person that says no to you, every person right. you talk, you're making 200 right. bucks. You just got to, you have to yeah. look at it like that. Yeah. And Kevin, you really need to separate prospecting from closing so the best uh closers often make horrible prospectors and that's because what makes them a great closer is they can't take no for an answer they abhor the idea of the word no they think they can overcome no every time that's what makes them a great great closer you've got to turn that switch off when you're prospecting and realize no you're going to about seven out of ten are going to say no and that's okay that's what you want that's where the money is so you got to be right. in one mindset when you're out prospecting, which is I need as many no's as I can possibly get in the next 60 or 90 minutes versus when you're at the closing table and you're in the pocket and you're like, I'm not going to take no for an answer. Uh, yeah. I mean, even if you're closing, you might, 
Closing ratio in my industry, because solar is so compelling, is about 18%. I call that jumping in the boat. You make 10 presentations, about two of them are going to look at it as you go, this is like too good to be true. What's our next step, right? And they right. literally, you're fishing and they jump in the boat. You're like, I don't even know what to do now. <laughs> the guy just said yes. But, you know, that means that eight out of 10 of them are going to say, oh, I need to think about it, even though they're sold. Now it's right. a matter of up-leveling your game on the closing side. How do you take that person who has said, I'm sold, but I just need a couple more days, knowing that's not going to serve them or you? What's the procedure? How do I exactly go through a process so that 10 minutes from now, they're signing up and we're all happy we're doing business, the benefits of this product are coming? That's the closing ratio. And yeah, when you look at just the 18%, if you just do enough prospecting and don't uplevel your skills on the closing side, if only two out of 10 of them say yes, dude, you're going to be pretty, uh, pretty well off in the solar business. How you get to that higher high six figure, seven figure income is by upping the closing ratio, getting five out of 10, six out of 10, eight out of 10 of them saying yes. And that's just pure up leveling of your skills. And we can teach people how to do that, that we know this, we know closing is a known skill. Uh, and guys like yourself and me are able to teach the people who are coming up how to do that. Amazing. Guys, you can reach Michael at modsalesacademy.com. <clears throat> and if you're interested, you should get the book no matter what, which by the way, I love it because you're in solar and it's spelled what. Uh, you guys can get that at mod. No matter what. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Modsalesacademy.com slash book. Uh, I really encourage you to order that. That's uh, Michael, how much does that book cost? Uh, I think it's uh, $24.99. It's about 25 bucks. Yep. Cool. Uh, and also worth, folks worth can uh, find me online and people can find me online at uh, Michael O'Donnell Sales. That's on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. I'm huge on TikTok now. Awesome. <laughs> this old guy with gray hair. How'd I get to be huge on TikTok? Uh, yeah. So Instagram, Facebook, Michael O'Donnell sales. Amazing. And Michael, can you leave the, the audience with one last positive message? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if you're afraid to really give this a shot, like you're afraid to let go of those golden handcuffs. A lot of people say when we're on the recruiting side, I would talk people into giving this a try when they've got this salary. And it's like, dude, what you don't understand is when somebody else is supplying you with the salary, they're the one taking the risk. And guess what? They're getting the lion's share of the margin and the profit from your effort. And you know what? They deserve it. They're the ones who took the risk. But if you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm literally, I'm willing to take this risk. I'm going to bet on myself. Instead of the employer betting on me, I'm going to do the one. I'm going to be the one who's betting on me. And I'm going to take that 1099 position. I'm going to go after that market. I'm going to give it everything I have. And you know what? If I do the work, I'm just going to have faith that I'm going to get paid. And so I would say if you're scared to do that, uh, and because of that, you're chained to a desk with a, you know, a, a, a headset you know, in a call center or strapped to a, a car dealership, and you know, you've got to have that, that weekly, uh, monthly salary. And because of that, you're foregoing a major, major opportunity. I would say go ahead, bet on yourself. Give it a try. Amazing. Michael, thank you so much for coming. Again, everybody go to modsalesacademy.com, order no matter what, and reach out to Michael. Thank you, Michael. Kevin, so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. You too. Thank you so much.